Welcome to the Winter Palace. I'm your host, Mark Cole, editor and publisher of Odessa Steps Magazine. Today on the pod, it's the annual visit of writer-artist Carl Kessel to talk about his new Impossible Jones Kickstarter. We recorded this on Tuesday. It is ending on Thursday, so there's still time for you to pledge or up your pledge if you've already been subscribed. We talk about what's new about this one, her team up with new character Polecat, what Polecat has in common with last issue's Captain Lightning. We also talk about the new Even Steven backups. Last issue, they were done by Mark Wade and Kurt Busick. See who they are going to be done by this time. Carl also gives us an update on his Section Zero project with Tom Grummet, which was kickstarted a couple years ago and is still in the process of being completed. We also talk about some of Carl's old stuff, including the Final Night miniseries he did at DC, the DC and Marvel and Amalgam and Unlimited Access stuff, and his working with the late George Perez, including the very awesome history of the DC Universe. By the time you listen to this, we may have a new pod series up that is not being done here but is being done with former podcast Carl Stern over at his When It Was Cool network so check our Twitter or check the When It Was Cool website for details thanks for listening we hope you enjoy the show Welcome back to the Winter Palace. I'm happy to say that uh, writer-artist Carl Kessel is back on the pod today for his annual appearance to talk about the latest Impossible Jones Kickstarter, which is now in its final few days of funding. So we're going to talk about that and some of the other stuff that Carl, Carl has worked on over the years. So, Carl, uh, what, we're only a few days away from the deadline, so why don't you give us the, the bare bones? Uh, well... Uh, we're closing in on finishing off this Kickstarter for uh, the third Impossible Jones team-up book. We're doing a series of four team-up books. This is the third one. Uh, it's a 48-page story. The main story is 48 pages, so it's, you get your money's worth. And uh, it also, at this point, has a six-page uh, Even Steven story backup uh, written by Alex Segura. And we're in the midst of trying to fund another uh, six-page Even Steven solo story written by Gail Simone. So hopefully in the next uh, three days we can fund that, in which case the book will have 60 pages of story in it, and then some behind-the-scenes stuff and pinups and blah, blah, blah. It, it'll be a nice package. It'll be a nice package. And we have uh, two great alternate covers, one by Stuart Immonen. Boy, his name. Uh, Stuart Immonen. And another uh, stunning cover, both of them are stunning, but another stunning cover by Bill Stankevich. And they, uh, you know, I am very happy to have them on the books, let me tell you. They're my favorite covers so far, uh, except for maybe some of the ones David has done. Um, So, you know, but Impossible Jones, for people who don't know, is a thief. She gains powers and then is mistaken for a superhero and thinks, I can use this. And so she kind of goes with the flow and so she's trying to play both ends against the middle because she certainly is not going to give up her thieving ways, especially now that she has powers that make it even easier. And uh, in addition to that, you know, the police are not shooting at her. The police will actually tell her where they're putting stakeouts. Yeah, we're going to be over in the, you know, the brick house uh, district tonight. 
So she avoids that. And, um, you know, if she goes into a jewelry store and asks to see their security system, they're more than happy to help, more than happy to explain it to one of the protectors of the city. So, um, so that, you know, that's, that's kind of the setup of the character. And in this particular issue, she teams up with a uh, character called Polecat. Polecat is a character I created in second grade when I did not know a polecat was a slang term for skunk. I just thought, polecat, that's cool. And, um, I did, I, you know, when we were trying to fill out the supporting cast of this book, I remembered Polecat. I remembered it fondly. I, I enjoyed drawing him as a kid. And um, I thought, well, what if he's a city boy? He's a city boy, and he doesn't know what Polecat means. And he's really good with a bow staff sort of thing. So he takes on this name, and by the time he figures out what it means, he's stuck with it. And he's a pretty easygoing guy, so it doesn't really bother him. He, he kind of rolls with the punches. And uh, and the thing about Polecat is... Uh, if he has any superpower, and he doesn't, he's a daredevil-level character. Um, if he has any superpower, though, it's that he's really likable. People just really like him. And uh, he's a people person. He knows probably half the city by their first name. You know, he knows who you are. He knows who your pet is. He knows if your mom's been sick. You know, he is a real people person. And uh, and the people come first to him. He's, he's very concerned with the welfare of the people of the city. And... Uh, he kind of drags, uh, in this particular story, there's been a rash of ghost hauntings that have suddenly popped up. And so he drags Impossible Jones along to uh, investigate them. And uh, during the course of that, two things happen. One is that they meet a new character called Zeus Karnacki, who is a ghost hunter, ghost finder. Um, but the other thing that happens when they're waiting for the ghost to, to show up is they do a lot of talking. And you find out uh, the history or at least some of the history of Polecat, specifically the time that he partnered up with another character named Hellhound. And uh, it is, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Hellhound is the unrequited light, love of his life. And she is no longer around, for reasons you'll find out when you read the story. Um, but he uh, he's very definitely haunted by her. And, and see how we do that? We have ghosts on one hand, and then we have the, these memories that haunt Polecat. And uh, that those are, that's kind of the spine of the book right there. So Polecat is now the second childhood creation that you've worked into the Impossible Jones universe because the issue that we uh, just got fairly recently was the previous issue with Captain Lightning, who was another one of your childhood creations. Yep, those those two. I don't think you're going to see any more, but those, those two, I drew them a lot when I was a kid, and I, I really enjoyed uh, those characters and uh, I don't know. I, I, I have to say, I, I think I know why I brought them in, because I remember talking to Eric Larson one time, and a lot of his characters in Savage Dragon are characters he created when he was a kid. And he was saying, you know, the character has a kind of silly name, and you say you created him when you were 10 years old. People just seem to accept it. And uh, I kind of felt the same way about Polecat and Captain Lightning. They're really not the best names. But uh, but when you say you created him in second grade, everyone goes, oh, that's really cute. That's a cute name for a character when you created him in second grade. Um, and so I, I think I was following in uh, Eric Larson's footsteps by bringing those characters into this book. Well, I think they also lend themselves to, like, the kind of stuff that you – of your imprint has done that it's mostly sort of – I don't want to say retro – I mean, they have a retro feel, I guess. There's You know, they're not necessarily as – dark and grim and gritty as you would find sort of in like the more modern stuff that you would read now. So 
I guess they kind of, you know, sort of fit that aesthetic more than if they were, say, in, you know, an issue of Justice League Dark or some sort of, you know, X book these days. No, I, yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're right. Those are just the sort of stories I'm attracted to and that's the sort of stories I write. And, uh, you know, obviously that's why I enjoy working with David Hahn. His, uh, his work, you know, he's done Vertigo books. He's, he's done fables and stuff like that. Um, so, so David's stuff can be edgy and it and can be dark, but it can also be light and open and hopeful. And, uh, I personally love the versatility of that. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. And you said that we're going to get two more even Steven stories in this issue. And the last issue that we were just talking about has the first two even Steven origin stories. And as we talked about on the last podcast, that one of the gimmicks of this character is he has multiple origins, which, as we said, was sort of a throwback to that one issue of Secret Origins uh, with the Phantom Stranger from the from the mid-'80s where he had different people told different origins. And last issue, we had Mark Wade and Kurt Busiek each do uh, origin stories, and now we've got two more this time, as you said. Yeah, yeah, we have Alex Segura's is all set. You know, his, his got funded, but we're right now trying to fund Gales. Gales is not a done deal at this point, people. We have to raise, you know, I did this with Alex's uh, story, and, and I'm doing it with Gales, where each $1,000 we raise gives the writer one more page of story. Now, it tops out at six pages. You know, I think a six-page origin story for even Steven is, is just about right. Um, but I would really like to give Gale those six pages. I would really like that. So uh, we got today, tomorrow, Thursday. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. And uh, we didn't say before, but even Steven is sort of your Ditko-like question Mr. A character. He's got a little of that. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the, the hook with uh, even Steven is that he um, will always exactly match the power level of whoever he's up against because he believes in the core of his being, with every fiber of his being, he believes that good will triumph over evil in a fair fight. And so uh, that's what he's all about. He's he's a character who is defined by his philosophy, not his powers, because his powers can change. Depend. I mean, if he fights you, Mark, you would be at your level, and if he fights Galactus, he's at Galactus's level, which is handy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and the thing is, he's so dedicated to his philosophy. He would he would never, you know. Uh, use Olympic-level gymnast abilities against me. You know, he, it is inconceivable to him. That is beyond beyond his, uh, you know, ability to comprehend. He would never, ever do that. And uh, we were talking about the, the issue that just came out with Captain Lightning. That also features a guest stars uh, from your other book, Section Zero. And I know we're still waiting on... <coughs> the most recent Section Zero Kickstarter. Uh, can you tell us what the status is of that? I know Tom's still drawing it. Yeah, Tom is drawing it very slowly. Tom did just send me an email. I haven't had time to read it about what his status is. Um, Tom and I are very dedicated to finishing the book. I wish we were finishing it faster. Uh, I will say there was a there was a time in there. I was the, one, I was the uh, log, log head. Log, is that the word? I was the jam. I was the log jam. But right now, 
Tom Tom is a log jam. I mean, he did do a job for DC. They're going to pay him a lot better than I'm paying him. I don't necessarily blame him for that, but people have been waiting a long time. And uh, I love. I really like this story. I really like this. You know, I love the Section Zero concept. I love the challengers of the unknown approach that we're taking with this particular book. I would really love to keep going and finish it, and we will. Um, it's just very slow, and uh, sometimes it's Tom's fault. Sometimes it's my fault. Sometimes it's our fault. But um, we're gonna we're gonna get there, people. We're gonna get there. That's cool. Um, one of the things we like I mentioned um, when we've had you on the past, I tend to always ask you about uh, two of your projects that I think are like two of my favorite things that you've ever done, which is your Daredevil run and the Fantastic Four annual. But I promise when we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I said. <laughs> If we do the podcast, I will not ask about them. I will find other stuff to ask about. So, and uh, I think uh, you, it, somebody had mentioned it, I think on another show that you did, that they were going to ask you about uh, a project that I really have a, fond, have a fond memory of that I don't think I had talked to you about before. And since you mentioned Stuart, um, that book is Final Night, which was a mini series that you wrote for DC, which is one of their uh, crossover events in 1998 um that's the one where the sun the basic premise is that's the one where the sun goes out um so what what were your memories about about doing that series well excuse me i mean it originated because Stuart and i were uh getting ready for a superman summit we were talking on the phone throwing ideas back and forth that we would then put on the table at the summit and Stuart said well uh you know superman's power he's solar powered right so what if the sun goes out he goes, that would affect Superman. And I said, it would affect a hell of a lot more than Superman. And, I mean, that's really kind of – all of a sudden we knew we had a, this big story, the story that literally, you know, uh, impacts every character in the DC universe. Um, and so we took it to uh, Carlin. And, and at the time there was kind of that uh, triumvirate of uh, Carlin and Denny and Archie Goodwin kind of overseeing things. And uh, they all gave it a thumbs up, and we got it in production very quickly. And and I'm very happy with how it came out. Uh, you know, uh, I don't. You know, the thing I the thing I'm most happy about is uh, it became very important to me to give Hal Jordan kind of a, a hero send off, and uh, they let us do that. I was very happy about that. Um, and uh, you know. Yeah, I'm very happy. I'm very proud with how, uh, of how that miniseries came out. And, you know, quite honestly, a lot of that is because Stuart, Stuart could make the telephone book look good if he illustrated it. Yeah, that's for people that don't remember, that's uh, how Jordan was still parallax then. And yeah, and he sacrificed himself. Is it would he sacrifice himself to relight the sun? Is that the basic yeah. gist of it? Yeah, he really relights the sun and kind of like absorbs the sun eater sort of thing. Um, yeah, you know how it is. That happens all the time. Yeah. But I remember at that time that uh, there were a bunch of the tie-in books that that are, I think are finally remembered because it was such an interesting story. I know people always talk about uh, the issue of Hitman that Garth wrote when all of that cast are sort of, I think, like stuck in the bar where they drink and they're all sort of doing a one night, one final night. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Before the sun goes out. And I remember there, and like you said, there was the sun eater. So it tied into the Legion right. books, books at the time. But yeah, I just remember. And if I remember right, I think that got republished. Was it last year? I think I, yeah. I, 
I, when it, I was looking, while I was looking up the credits, I, yeah, I think in the last couple of years they put out a new trade of that. Yeah, I think you're right. I can't tell you the first, the exact year, but I'm, I'm pretty sure a new version uh, came out very recently, within the last couple of years. Yeah. Right. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to to mention, since I have, we haven't really done a comic show um, since it happened, is uh, George Perez's passing. You worked, you worked with him um, a number of times over the years. He did a cover for Section Zero. Yes. Um, you, you know, you did some stuff for DC at Marvel with him. The thing that I remember most when I went back and was looking through the credits is you when uh, George and Marv did that history of the the two issue history of the DC universe, which was right around the time of Crisis and rebooting. Uh, DC continuity, you you inked that, and I yeah. know that was that was such a special book at the time, and I know it's been reprinted a couple times over the years. But was that the first time that you had inked George, and on that kind of project where it was George being George drawing these epic pages? What was it like to to ink that? If you remember, well, I do remember. I mean, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, it was uh, it was daunting. There's no doubt it was, it was daunting because you know, like you said, it was right on the heels of Crisis, which was this huge thing at DC. Huge. It was the the thing at DC. So, and not that this was a follow up to it, but it obviously followed in its footsteps. Uh, and um, and I was I was very green. I was very new. And and you know, I, I seemed. Uh, gee, I who was the editor on that? I seem to be remembered talking to um. Uh, the art director more than any other editor about that boy. Anyways, but, but yeah, I remember, you know, seeing his pages and being told, you know, you know, like they they wanted to encourage me to uh, maybe try to capture some of the feel of the different time periods. Like, you know, the uh, world war two page, they said, you know, if you can make this look maybe a little puberty, that would be really great. And, and uh, George was very open to that sort of interpretation. That was very big of him. And I, I didn't have enough talent to pull it off, but uh, I did the best I could. And, um, you know, but then, of course, there's other pages like the Wonder Woman page where, you know, every line he put down, I, I tried to, you know, keep there as he did it. I mean, um, and some of those pages were exhausting. Exhausting, think. And, and, at the same time, George did have a very, uh, very good sense of design, and so there were other pages that were very, very open and went by very quickly. Um, but it was, it was, it was really, uh, in, in many ways, it was a, a, an illust- you know, an illustrator book. It wasn't really a, a comic book. It was a lot of uh, illustrations that told the story of the history of the universe, of the DC universe, and uh, George excelled at it. And I just tried to really not screw it up. Is what I tried to do. So. Uh the Grand Comics database says that Mike Gold was the editor and Robert ah. Greenberg was the coordinating editor. Okay. But I know I talked to Richard Bruning, the art director, quite a bit about that project. Um, so, but I mean, you know, he's the art director. He was, he was keeping an eye. And that was more like an art book than, you know, an issue of Wonder Woman would have been. Yeah. So. And if people haven't seen it, it's it was sort of the new history of the the of continuity and it was sort of yeah uh marv wrote text and then there were illustrations on each page so you know you went from all the way from like anthro the cave boy pro- i haven't looked i haven't read this lately so i'm going by i'm going by my dc nerd memory like it probably goes from anthro all the way to the legion and commandy and tommy tomorrow and people like that 
So, yeah, so it was a chance to work, you know, it was probably a chance to, to work on just about every major and or minor character in the DC universe, I would imagine. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, that George made sure he drew every single character in the DC universe. Yeah, I'm sure of it. So. And I guess around that same time, we also had Who's Who, and you did... You did a couple who's who's over the over the course of that series, right? If I remember I, right. Yeah, I inked a whole bunch. Um, you know, that and really that came down to the fact that I lived in New York City and I would go up to the office once or twice a week and uh a lot of times you'd walk in and Bob Greenberger would go, Carl, here's Ghost Patrol. How'd you like to ink Ghost Patrol? And you know, it was a it was a way to make some quick money because, you know, those things took a couple of hours to, to ink, you know, and uh, you could Squeeze in a few of those, even if you were still inking, you know, Legion of Superheroes or whatever. You could you could do a handful of those a month, and it was a nice nice ad, added extra income. Yeah, so I did. I inked a whole bunch of them, but really just because I was the right person in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I remember the thing. Um, I'm probably in a minority of this, I think, but between Who's Who and the Marvel Universe Handbook. I always liked the who's who's better because they were often drawn by people associated with those characters right. as opposed to the the Marvel Universe. If I remember, it was mainly a lot of sort of generic static shocks. And occasionally you would get um, people associated with the characters drawing them. But I remember with the who's who it was a lot more of, you know, Kurt Swan drew Superman. Right. Right. You know, um, Jim Aparo <laughs> drew Batman, you know, and, and so on and so on, as opposed to the way Marvel did it. But yeah, I just, I mean, you know, as a huge comic nerd, I was a fan of like the who's who and the handbook kind of things. Right, right. No, and I was too. But uh, obviously the uh, the who's who was a much more, uh, you know, visually creative because it did, you know, you had to have, you know, like, I, you know, I, I always think of Marvel's um, handbook more as as style guides the wrong way. But I mean, it was I mean, they were really trying very hard to show, you know, this, this is the sort of book they could give to new artists and say, you know, this is what Wolverine looks like right here. You see this? This is what Wolverine looks like. Um, but, you know, the, you know, while there was some of that in the who's who, uh, the who's who, you know, could sacrifice, you know, details of a character's costume if it made for a more interesting drawing. You know, they they were interested in, I think, capturing the feel of the characters more than um, the, the details of the characters. Yeah, and I guess sort of a natural tie-in, since we're talking about nerd continuity, is you worked on DC versus Marvel and uh, some of the Amalgam books and Unlimited Access. Yeah, I didn't do any DC versus Marvel. I did the okay. Amalgams. I did Amalgams, and then I did one of the okay. Access books yes um i remember i know that you did the superboy legion one and you did the challengers ff one those are the ones off the top of my head that i remember right um did you did you pitch those or did whoever was editing those send out saying like sort of fish for ideas from people do you remember how that how you got how those came about well, uh, the first round uh, came to me. I mean, uh, Frank, I think it was Frank Pudamese, the, the editor in Superboy, 
called up and he said that we're doing this thing and it's Superboy and Spider-Man like mixed together and Spider-Boy and would you like to write it? I mean, that, that was handed to me, you know, um, and I know, did I do, what else did I do that first time around? I know I co-wrote X Patrol with Barbara and did I do which, the third one? Which year was, which year was Challengers the Fantastic? That was the second that, time around. Challengers okay. the Fantastic. And, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't pitch that, but I think it had been talked about the first time around. The Challenger of the Fantastic had been talked about as a book. Uh, and my love of the Challengers and the Fantastic Four was well known at that time. So, you know, once again, it came down to being the right place at the right time. And so the, the assignment came to me. Uh, the second time around, I also know I did the Spider Boy and the Legion of Galactic Heroes or whatever we called it, where we mixed the Legion and uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy together. And uh, once again, that book was handed to me. They said, we're going to do this. You know, it's a team-up book, but these are the characters. Um, and uh, I think that was edited by Marvel. I think James Felder was the editor of that. Uh, but he, he brought a Jose Ladron, is that how you say his name, into the project, who was amazing. He was an amazing artist. And um, so I did those two the second time around. I think I did another one the first time around, and I'm just blanking on it. I, I feel awful about that. But and, and the weird thing about the it was X Patrol, the one that I did with uh, co-wrote with Barbara, was um, n- no one wanted that book for some reason. Uh, they, they, you know, had, had I don't know if they like shopped it around and people said no, but when they asked us if we wanted to do X Patrol, we said yeah, you know, X Men Doom Patrol, that's a natural. And and then we sat there and that came very late, and so we were like looking for characters to to mash together from the two companies. And we said, uh, you know, no one had done anything with Dr. Doom. No one's done anything with Dr. Doom. And no one had done anything with Doomsday. So Dr. Doomsday, you know, it, it, it made perfect sense, but, uh, but I, I was shocked that those major characters were just sitting on the, on the floor at that point. Cause it was, that was very, very late in the game when we started working on Doom, uh, X Patrol. And then you did Unlimited Access. Yes. So, and that was a lot of fun too, because, you know, just finding ways to mash those characters together, uh, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's just a lot of fun, uh, on a fan basis. And, you know, after you get by the obvious mashups, then you start doing the unobvious mashups, where you can mash together like Giant Man and Green Lantern and get Green Giant. You know, you can, you can have fun. You can have fun with it. And, um, that's that's exactly what we did. We had a lot of fun. And George inked one of, one of those covers. He, I, I didn't pencil it, but George inked one of them. So yeah, I I remember for a while I had a bunch of those. I had a bunch of pages from from Access. I remember I don't remember which issue, but I know there somebody somebody got trapped in a giant Green Lantern mouse trap. <laughs> I, I don't a remember. Classic. A classic. Yeah, it was it was something to do with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants or right. whatever whatever their their name was. Yeah. But yeah, but I remember somebody getting stuck. I remember whoever Green Lantern was making a giant mouse. Ma- yeah, cuz it was that's such a silver age Green Lantern kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It is very silver age. So sue me. Sue me. No, I no, I just like I said, as as an old school you know, Silver Age, Bronze Age, you know, nerd. Like, 
those, those to me were just like some of the best, you know, especially because they were very lighthearted too. Yeah, well, all my stuff generally is at least uh, lighthearted is one word. Hopeful, hopeful is the word I would maybe choose. But um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy books that you should. I, I enjoy doing books that you enjoy reading. That's what I like to do. Well, great, Carl. I want to uh, thank you very much uh, for take for for finding time in the middle of crunch time at the end of this. Um, so no, yeah, not, so no problem. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah, so uh, we have a couple of days left. If people have not uh, gotten on board with this latest Impossible Jones Kickstarter, go to Kickstarter and fund it. If you've already funded it, maybe maybe up your pledge a little. Uh, I already have a big pledge, so I really can't guarantee that I would I would up mine this time around. And, <laughs> unless I'll say, if you manage to, to fish out some of the things we occasionally talk about, I always say. Do you still have any of these left over, Carl? When I ask about like something really obscure, if you're going to put up for as a as a premium in the Kickstarter, it's like I I'm not sure exactly what what it would be. Whether it would you know something something very very obscure or like a C list villain, you know those are those are my thing those those are my deals. So I know I know you've been putting up some Suicide Squad stuff uh, yeah, this pretty- this this time around. I've been pretty, I'm pretty well out of the Suicide Squad stuff that I'll part with. Um, so, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, if you had something definite in mind, I could see if I've got it, but I, yeah, I, 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 you know, the obscure stuff like that, C-list villains, not a lot of people are in, excited by that. So it doesn't, it doesn't pay to necessarily put that up. You know, I got, I got to try to find things that I, I hope will, uh, cast a fairly wide net to draw someone in. Well, it certainly helps that you just happen to have a Peacemaker cover to to you know, to, to, uh, to offer off this time. And, uh, uh, you know, 18 months ago, no one would have cared. No one would have cared about that cover. So, guess, well, that's that's the thing with these with these current, like, DC and Marvel projects. You know, well, I was going to say, I mean, I'm sure when you created King Shark, you had no idea he would you know, become some sort of phenomenon. Thanks yeah, to, yeah, yeah, like thanks a, a minor, a minor phenomenon. But still, you know, my, you know, yeah. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed that that has become my uh, my my biggest claim to popular culture fame? Who would have ever guessed? I seem like one of them. Well, like we said, that has a couple of days left to go. Carl, I want to thank you once again for doing the show. Everybody, check out the Impossible Jones Kickstarter. Uh, check out the the back issues of Impossible Jones if you can check them out. Section Zero, whenever yeah. it comes out. And yeah. Thanks. You know, I want to say, you know, all of the back issues of Impossible Jones are available through the Kickstarter. Uh, and the easy way to get there, it's very easy to remember, impossiblekickstarter.com takes you right there. So uh, it, it's not like a lot of numbers and letters you have to remember. It's just impossiblekickstarter.com. And uh, we do have the original Section Zero book also as an add-on if you wanted to get that. Um, you know, I try to make people happy. That's all I'm trying to do. Make everyone happy. Get, get them what they want. That's what I want to do. Cool. Thanks, Carl. Everybody check it out. And we may have some news of a new podcast that we're doing. Please check the notes for that. And we will talk to everybody next time. Château douce, château triste, even more so when we see.
शिव संत शिव सैतमू